Welcome everyone to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. I am your host, Munaf Manji, and joining me tonight, the man himself, Sleepy J. Sleepy, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing all right. Just trying to digest this uh, entire week, trying to get ready for this weekend. Going to be a busy weekend with NBA, college football, NFL, college basketball just kicked off. I don't know if you've been involved in that, but I've been kind of diving in the last couple of days. So plates full, feeling good about how the week went thus far, but I'm looking forward to a big weekend and kicking it off here with our NBA selections here on Friday. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it should be another great weekend of sports, uh, like you mentioned, with a lot of different sports going on, not only on the hardwood floor, but also we got college football and uh, NFL, obviously, on um, Sunday going off as well. So maybe last week, let's recap our picks before we dive into this episode. Um, I ended up going one and two last week. Unfortunately, I lost my best bet. Uh, that was on the Warriors minus four, and they just got absolutely ran out of the gym by the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was my first loser uh, of the week of the best bets. So I am still four and one on the year. Um, how did your best bet do last week, Sleepy? You know, I'm going to pull Uncle Dave Essler here and tell you I don't even remember how the hell I did last week. Here's what I do know is that I lost my best bet. I don't know what it was, and I know a couple other picks that I gave out. I think they lost as well, but I know we hit the Steph Curry player prop, so that kind of made me feel nice and warm and fuzzy and cozy. So I was happy about that, but it was definitely a down week for me. I know that you had a good week, so I was happy about that, and you know, it's not just about one man, right? Like you and I, we approach each and every podcast as a team. So, you know, at least one guy was able to go ahead and pick up the slack. So I was happy for that. So thank you for that. But I think um, I'm going to bounce back and have probably a pretty big week here. Yeah, 100%. Again, we turned the page. It's a very long NBA season. And again, uh, we'll definitely find more winners uh, than losers this season. Like you mentioned, uh, we uh, got our player prop best bet over the line. It was Steph Curry to go. Uh, over his points projection of 27 and a half. He finished the game with 30 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers, nine of 24 from the floor for Steph Curry. And that brings our uh, year to date uh, player prop best bet record to four and two. So looks like we're picking up right where you and Mac left off last season as far as our player prop best bet goes. But st- uh, speaking of Steph Curry here, Sleepy, uh, he is dealing with a knee injury and Good news for Golden State Warriors and Golden State Warriors fans. It's not a significant injury. It is a day by, uh, day-to-day thing for uh, Steph Curry. No structural damage after they did uh, do an MRI on that knee. So good news for um, not only, like I mentioned, for Warriors fans, but also I know we also talked about uh, MVP tickets for Steph Curry. But I think there was a little more that went on in some of these Warriors games, especially against the Minnesota Timberwolves where sleepy i'm not sure if you had the 70 to 1 ticket on uh draymond green to um finish rudy gobert via sub in that game against the minnesota timberwolves i didn't it was funny because i don't know if you saw some of you guys i'm sure on instagram follow haha davis the comedian and he had one of the funniest things i've ever seen him post where it started out where it showed like clay and i, I don't even remember who clay was in, it was scuffling with but it was Clay and whoever he was scuffling with, and then Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels, yeah. And then it turned out to where you didn't see it yet, like you didn't see Draymond and Gobert getting into it. Mm-hmm. And then Haha Davis was like, he was like, "Where the f is Rudy Gobert at?" And then he like did like the pig sound, and then here comes Draymond, and he's got Rudy Gobert in a headlock. He's like, 
He's like, mother ever. He's like, you started COVID. You had us playing in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be the funniest Instagram post I've probably seen. I don't know. It might be one of the funniest that I've seen all the time. It was just so funny. It was, I was cracking up. But, you know, when it comes to Draymond, I don't know how you feel about it. If you feel that the suspension's warranted, if it should be maybe longer, maybe shorter, if you feel that it's kind of just right. I'll tell you how I feel overall. I actually, and I'm a Draymond guy. Like everybody that listens to this podcast knows that I'm a, a Draymond supporter. Like I love him. The problem I think with, with Draymond is that there aren't enough teams out there with the Draymond Green on them. Like he legit plays 1980s basketball where every team had a Draymond Green. And I don't think the league's used to it. I mean, I get it. Like the mouse in the palace was a, was a one-time situation. They don't want anything like that to ever occur again. And, and I'm for that. I'm with that. And I think that that's what they're worried about is that like Draymond Green, he's an agitator, right? He's not afraid to go out there and push a guy. He's not afraid to go and punch a guy in the face like that. that that's Draymond. That's why I like him because I enjoyed that 1980s basketball. But I think that that's why they went ahead and they gave him five games. And I feel that that that's justified. I don't think it's too long. I don't think it's too short. I think it's fine because I think it does send the message to all the players and not just Draymond. I think Draymond gets it. I mean, Draymond probably always got it, but he's going to go out there and play basketball the way that he plays basketball. But some of these other guys might not be able to go ahead and restrain themselves and things could get out of hand. So I felt five games was fine. I'm okay with it. But I think it was kind of just it was it was poor timing, right? I mean, the Warriors right now they're already down Curry. They've lost four games in a row now. You know, heading into that game prior to that one, three games. So it was like you know they started out the season nice. They started leaking a little bit of oil, and now it's like, is this team falling apart? I like OKC in the game here on Thursday night. Hopefully, they go ahead and sneak that one out because I just don't feel that the Warriors. Right now, we're playing good basketball. We're making any any good decisions, and we have injuries leaking in here with guys like Steph Curry. So um, that's kind of my my state of the Warriors right now. I guess I went a little bit little bit deep with that, but that's kind of how I felt with Draymond, and kind of right now, gonna have to stay away from the Warriors for a little bit till Curry comes back. Yeah, I agree. I think that the five games that was handed down by the league uh, for Draymond suspension was, I think it was right, and I think you know a lot of people. I think the narrative for Draymond Green is that it's based on reputation, right? Just because, you know, what's transpired over his career as far as, far as ejections and, you know, flagrant fouls and things like that. I'm not sure if you saw the clip of some, you know, folks dropping all the uh, the things that Draymond Green has done on the court, whether it's been, you know, kicking people in the nuts or whatever the case might have been, you know, the Steven Adams of the world and stomping on Demonis Sabonis, uh, all of that, uh, I think is based off a of reputation why he got these five games. You know, maybe if it was another player, it probably would have been maybe what two, three games. But I think just because it is the name Draymond Green, you know, that's why he did get five games. And I agree with you that without Steph Curry on the floor, uh, and even Draymond Green on the floor, this team is a completely different team. Uh, are the Golden State Warriors? And historically, at least over the past several seasons, and I went back and looked at this, is that when Steph Curry is not on the floor for the Golden State Warriors. Um, their offensive rating drops by about five points. They're also averaging five uh, points, uh, five points less per game are the Golden State Warriors. So it's going to be a wait and see approach, and we'll see when Steph Curry does get back. And like you mentioned, right now they are down by seven points at the half. Uh, are the Golden State Warriors uh, the Thunder leading that game, sixty-seven to sixty? 
anything else as far as the words we uh, need to throw out here, Sleepy? No, I thought it was kind of funny too because I watched that same video that you did where it showed like the Draymond Green beating people up highlights. Yeah, I was cracking up at it, but it kind of puts into perspective Draymond Green as a player, right? Like you don't have a moment. Like how many moments were in that particular clip? I know you watched it. It had to be maybe it was 20. Like that that's a lot of moments. So, you know, the the league <laughs> yeah. takes that serious when and it's not like he hasn't been suspended before, right? Like he's gotten suspensions before for his behavior. Mm-hmm. So, maybe they just keep ramping it up, ramping it up until you know, maybe he does something stupid one day. Maybe he takes a swipe at somebody or, or, you know, tries to punch somebody. And you're like, you know what, dude, you're gone for 30 games. And maybe they're just trying to go ahead and prevent Draymond from uh, having a really bad Draymond Green moment. I miss him. Hopefully he gets his rear end back here sooner or later. Yeah, I mean, again, like we mentioned, I think it's definitely based on reputation of what Draymond has done throughout his career. Uh, turning the page here, Sleepy, Friday night in the association. We'll see another round of group stage games for the in um uh, for the season in play tournament or you know I, I always mix that up it's the uh is in season tournament that's what it's called i think they should come up with a different name for that but i think that's a different conversation and i brought up this point when we were talking about um in in our uh in the i guess the pre-production chat here um and i, I wanted to pose this question to you that when we talk about this tournament that they have implemented this season it's a knockout uh, stage, obviously, going on right now where points differentials matter uh, in these group stage games within the groups. And I, and I mentioned this to, uh, to you, and I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, is that do you think that when we talk about regular season games outside of these group stage games that, you know, people say if you have a monumental lead that you kind of take your foot off of the gas, you're not scoring as many points. And I went back and looked at this, and and I found this very intriguing. That thus far, at least in the Friday games that where these group stage games are going on for this tournament, that the over is twenty and twelve thus far uh, this season in those Friday games for those play in or sorry the in season tournament, uh, cashing at a rate of sixty two point five percent. So I wanted to pose to you is that do you think going forward that we should maybe be looking at overs on these Friday games because point differential does matter in these games where right now, like I mentioned, 20 and 12 to the over at 62.5%. My first thought when you were mentioning this was that I think it's kind of just randomness. And I also wonder if the players even really know like what's going on with this entire play in tournament. Because it seems like there's a lot of kind of like jinky rules. And I think that like they know one thing. Go out there, win, play your hardest. That's just, this, you know, this, the same old, same old. I don't know if they're looking at differential and things like that. I think that that's one of those things where, you know, maybe they look back on it at the end of the year and they're like, well, did you guys know this? Because something slipped through the cracks. Maybe it's something that they didn't put a whole hell of a lot of thought into. And maybe that's one of the things that eventually – if this thing can go ahead and manage to pick up a little bit of steam and carry on, you know, over the next 10, 20 years in the NBA or whatever, maybe that's just something that they kind of get rid of because they realize it, that it doesn't work. So that's kind of what I thought with that particular rule. And I could be wrong. Maybe it's something that's really, really needed. Maybe the players are focused on it, but right now as a viewer, if I'm not thinking about it at all, then I really have to ask myself, how much are the players thinking about it? Because I think if there was any type of um, you know thing that they kind of had to pay attention to detail with, I think that they wouldn't. I think that we would 
probably know about. And I know that you've been, you know, a little bit more knee deep in within this in season tournament than I have. That's just kind of kind of the way that I thought about it. I thought it was a little bit of randomness. I thought it was a little bit of a janky kind of rule. So I would probably defer to you to go ahead and take your recommendations when it came to these particular games because it's just not something that um uh, that I don't think that I have enough data on or have done enough work on to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that it was maybe uh, you're right that maybe it was just random, but I think that that was something that I I was so actually when I'm watching these games on the Friday schedule is that. These teams, even when they're up, you know, by 10, 12 points with two minutes left to go, the team that's winning, they're still pushing pace and trying to score points. So, you know, maybe some of these teams do know about point differential. And like you mentioned, some of the players have already come out and said, we don't know what the hell the format even is about this uh, in-season tournament. We're just really, like you mentioned, just go out there and win ball games and, and try to uh, be the top two uh, seeds within our groups and advance to the knockout stage. So um, I believe this is the last Friday. Uh, of the uh group stage um on friday night so a couple of intriguing matchups here uh for the friday night schedule here sleepy we'll first get into the game here that's going to be between the philadelphia 76ers uh and the atlanta hawks they are visiting the atlanta hawks are the philadelphia 76ers uh right now i am seeing that the philadelphia 76ers are a let's see here a one point favorite uh in atlanta here total is currently sitting at 235 and a half in this game and sleepy we've seen uh, joel Embiid and tyrese maxi just come out and be very very dominant we saw last sunday tyrese maxi scored 50 points in that game against the indiana pacers joel Embiid dominated in those two games as well Right now, as it stands, Philadelphia 76ers, a one-point favorite in Atlanta. What are you thinking about the spread here? Uh, for me with this game, I thought about this a little bit, and I'm like, boy, I kind of really like Atlanta in this game. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, why would I play Atlanta when I think the second quarter Atlanta Hawk bet would probably be the best bet that I can find, maybe on the entire card. Here's the problem, though. You can't find that wager as of yet. At least I haven't found it. But I would go ahead and consider playing the Atlanta Hawks second quarter up to minus three. And I don't think that that would be anywhere near the line. But I'm just saying if the line comes out, you know, minus one and a half, minus two, somewhere in that area, maybe even Philly, Philly minus one and a half, I would seriously consider going ahead and playing Atlanta here in the second quarter. And a lot of it's due to, and it might sound a little bit crazy, just the fact that Kelly Oubre is out. I think he's very important for this Philadelphia 76er team because this team lost depth from their bench, at least scorers. And Oubre being out, he was a guy that they could have easily sent back to the bench, brought back out with the second unit, played with the first unit. But now you're down to guys like Springer. You're down to Patrick Beverly, not a natural scorer. Uh, Paul Reed, not necessarily like a big-time scorer. I just feel like the bench for Philadelphia is struggling and it's not that I'm going to go ahead and blame, you know, the bench for the Philadelphia 76ers last two games and they ended up resulting in losses. But I do think the fact that Kelly Oubre is not on this team right now, I think that is a hurt because you're, you're putting a guy in like Robert Covington. It's like, what are you really going to get out of Covington? He ended up playing 37 minutes in the last game. You know, that, that's pretty awesome. But I feel like Philly's going to probably come out here with all the starters and play if if what the box score says from the last game Maxi played 39 minutes Joel Embiid played 34 
Covington 37, Tobias Harris 38. Like those guys went heavy minutes in the first quarter. And if they get sat down for, let's just say, four or five, six minutes in that second quarter, I think Atlanta will run away with that. I think a lot of that's due to that they had to change this lineup up quite a bit. And if you take Ubre out, they're going to miss some scoring here. And I think a lot of it's going to end up, you know, kind of impacting the bench. So I like Atlanta second quarter. I'll play that up to minus three, but don't be surprised if they're getting a point, point and a half or laying a point, point and a half. But that's where I'm at for that. I love that bet. That's my favorite bet actually for tomorrow right now. Yeah, I agree with you because, again, like you mentioned, with the injury to uh, Kelly Oubre here, uh, Robert Covington got inserted into that starting lineup. And then after that, and I already had questions about the Sixers' depth, right? I know they're off to a great start thus far this season. They're 8-3. and Um, But when you talk about that second quarter, you're relying on guys like Know Paul Reed coming in, Jaden Springer, like you mentioned, Patrick Beverly. I mean, those guys, especially in those second quarter, doesn't really move the needle. I think another point is also is that Joel Embiid plays the entire first quarter uh, for this Philadelphia 76ers team, something similar to what Nikola Jokic does for the Denver Nuggets. So, and for this Atlanta Hawks team, I mean, you know, you already know that this was my favorite win total of the year uh, as well. And I, just like the depth of this team, even when Trey Young is out of the game, you still have DeJounte Murray in there. You know, the front court depth as well with Clint Capella and Yoki Kongwu, Jalen Johnson as well, who's really flourished thus far this season for the Atlanta Hawks. So, uh, and you'd also take a look at the numbers as well right now for the Atlanta Hawks in that second quarter in particular. Uh, they are outscoring uh, opponents, uh, they're by about plus one point, uh, let's see, 1.7 right now. And in home games, for the Hawks, they are uh, a plus uh, 4.6 as well. So um, I, I'm sorry, uh, a 2.6 um, in that second quarter differential for the Atlanta Hawks. So I really do like this uh, bet that you have in the second quarter for the Atlanta Hawks. I got to kind of interrupt you here with that because yeah. you made up you made up a, a very good point that I didn't even make up and it might have even been the strongest point is that Atlanta actually has depth. Like they have guys yeah. that can go out there and shoot. You have Bogdanovich, you have Bay, you have Okongwo, like you said. Like those guys are able to play defense. They're able to shoot threes. They're able to get to the rack. They're able to go out and assist the basketball. Like I feel like at least I have a, a I don't want to say like a big three coming off the bench, but that's the way I feel. And if Philadelphia is not able to go ahead and look, you can end up getting Murray out there too. Like Murray will go deep. He'll he'll play heavy minutes too. So I just think like it's it's kind of a, a bench mismatch here. And if Philly is going to have any chance, I think in that second quarter. They're gonna have to sit guys down early and then send them right back out, you know, in the second quarter. I just don't see how they how they do that. Like you were saying, they might play Embiid the entire first quarter. I love Embiid tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get to our Friday five. But I don't know what they're gonna do when they have to go ahead and, and re- resort back to their bench there for Philly. Yeah, again, again, it's when we talk about these teams that, especially in the regular season where depth matters. I think Atlanta Hawks are definitely a team that, you know, number one, have that depth where some of these other teams like the Philadelphia 76ers as of right now, you know, maybe there are some rumors about them making a trade for another star player to add to this team. But right now, um, definitely Atlanta, I agree, has a better bench uh, than of the Philadelphia 76ers. Another matchup here, a sleepy that I wanted to get to for the Friday night schedule. We have the Denver Nuggets. They are going to be visiting the New Orleans uh, Pelicans in the Big Easy. And as it stands right now, the Denver Nuggets are a four-point favorite in this game with a total of 224. Uh, Obviously, Jamal Murray will not be playing in this game. He is, at minimum, going to be missing the rest of uh, this month. 
and he will be reevaluated at that point. But the Denver Nuggets have been doing pretty well. And I think another thing, another team that I thought their depth was going to lack a little bit after the pieces that they did lose after they did win the championship. But the young guys coming off of that bench led by Christian Braun, um, Colin Gillespie as well. Those guys all have been playing really well for this Denver Nuggets team. As it stands right now, Denver minus four on the road here against the New Orleans Pelicans. What are you thinking about this matchup? You know, I don't I don't want to go ahead and take the points here with New Orleans. I'll probably just take the Pelicans here on the money line. I think they win this game outright. And I do believe that the Jamal Murray injury is going to probably rear its head here at some point. And I think maybe we saw that in the last game here for the Nuggets where they go ahead and they struggle against a team like the Clippers. And look, I know the Clippers got four really good players, but that team's not playing good basketball right now. I think that the Pelicans, the fact that they have revenge here, the fact that they went ahead and they got uh, they, they got their revenge from Dallas. They played them on like a back-to-back, I think, and they ended up getting a win there. Like, I think Zion will be able to go ahead and do whatever he needs to do out there. I think Ingram will be able to do what he needs to do. But overall, I just feel and, – and we know that the, that the Nuggets can play basketball without Murray. Like, we know that. I mean, they were still one of the better teams in the league even when that guy was, you know, off the floor. And then when he came in, obviously, they they win the championship. But I feel like it might be another game here before the Nuggets start picking up kind of where they left off maybe last year. That's just the way that I feel. I felt like this line was completely wrong, and I get it. Like, it's the Nuggets. They cash a lot of tickets, won the title. But I just feel like the line's going in the wrong direction. And I want to say the wrong team's favored. Nuggets should probably be the favorite in this one. But I think the Pelicans are looking to go ahead and keep kind of keep things rolling here after they had a bunch of losses in a row. I just think going in New Orleans here for the Nuggets is, is going to be a little bit of a tough task here. So I'll take the I'll take the Pelicans on the money line, I guess, and you could probably get that somewhere around, you know, plus 180, maybe like plus 210, somewhere in that area. But I think the Pelicans right the ship here again uh, against the Nuggets and get their revenge. So that that's the way I'm going to go. I just have this weird, this weird, weird feeling that the Nuggets just don't show up here for some reason. Yeah, Denver on the road this season, uh, two and two straight up, but they're only one and three against the spread. But they're only averaging 104 points per game. Uh, sorry, 107 points per game uh, on the road thus far this year. And you take a look at home, seven and zero straight up, four and three against the spread. But they're averaging 118.6 points per game uh, at home in the Mile High City. So it seems like there's some road roads right now for the Denver Nuggets. Um, I actually agree with you here because I felt like this line, it seems like the books are begging you to take the Denver Nuggets here just because this line is at number four. I think it was something similar to what we saw on Wednesday night between the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Phoenix Suns that the Phoenix Suns were a six-point favorite in that game, and you're kind of sitting there scratching your head and wondering why the Phoenix Suns are a six-point favorite, especially when they're going up against Minnesota a team that just beat Golden State in back-to-back games. They're the best defensive-rated team. But lo and behold, the Phoenix Suns just blew uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, out of the gym in that Wednesday night game. But for the Pelicans, I feel like they may be figuring some things out. I know Herb Jones uh, played in that game against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I know Zion made the comments of, you know, I'm doing my best to to buy into what's going on right now. Obviously, that's not what you want to hear if you're a Pelicans fan. But... I know they are still missing uh, C.J. McCollum, but Brandon Ingram has been playing well. Zion has been playing well. I think the depth has been playing uh, uh, well uh, for this uh, Pelicans team 
So for this Denver Nuggets team, I think there are some things they need to figure out, especially on the road here, that they're only right now playing through Nikola Jokic. And we know when Nikola Jokic goes off the floor for the Denver Nuggets, this team suffers a little bit. They, there's a significant fall off in offensive efficiency when Nikola Jokic comes off the floor just because of the caliber of player that he is. So I'm with you. I'll take the points here with the Pelicans and also do like them on the money line with you as well. I'll sprinkle a little bit on that uh, for the Pelicans in this game. Uh, anything else for this game here, Sleepy, that you uh, want to mention? I think one of the things that that kind of like threw me off of the Nuggets here is the fact, and I don't want to throw shade on your team, but they go out there and they lose to the Houston Rockets, who I think we would all agree, definitely not an average team. Overachieving. I would agree, overachieving team. And then they go and they and they barely beat the Warriors when the Warriors were struggling. So it it's like three questionable games from a team that, would normally go ahead and, and beat the Warriors probably comfortably, even though they're banged up and injured and having issues. They probably should have beat them comfortably. There's no reason that they probably should have lost to the Rockets, even on the road. And the fact that they struggled against the Clippers, and the Clippers right now are just not playing good basketball, it just kind of raises my antenna a little bit here. Now you have to go on the road against a good basketball team. I know C.J. McCollum's not out there, but it's a team that's going to be seeking revenge, trying to go ahead and get the ball rolling again here for the Pelicans. It's just one of those games that stink all around. Like you, you couldn't get me to go ahead and put my money on the Nuggets, at least for this particular game. Yeah, if I told you against the Rockets that Nikola Jokic had put up 36 points, 21 rebounds, and 11 assists, you would have thought that the Denver Nuggets would have won that game comfortably. But uh, lo and behold, the Rockets actually, you know, let Jokic get whatever he wants. They did a really good job. Uh, against the rest of that team and where they did get that victory 107 104 and like i mentioned the denver nuggets on the road this season they are two and two straight up in their four uh, games but only just one in three against the spread as they will visit the new orleans uh, pelicans on uh, friday night uh, in another uh, group stage game for the in-season tournament so there'll be a lot of great things going on at pregame.com. Why don't you tell our wonderful listeners about what all is happening currently over on pregame.com? Yeah, if you guys go over to pregame.com and you enter code NBA15, you can go ahead and you can save $15 off any pick from any pregame pro, and that is code NBA15. But I think one of the things that you guys might want to take advantage of this upcoming weekend is using our bulk dollars deal. And you guys can go ahead and spend $99 and get 150 pregame bulk dollars. And the reason why I would recommend this particular selection there for this weekend, if you guys are looking to go ahead and spend any money there at pregame.com, is because we have a guaranteed game of the year up. Uh, right now, Spartan has that up. Typically, those guys do not release those plays. You might get one of those a year from a particular handicapper. And the fact that he's going out there on a limb and, and guaranteeing his game of the year, meaning that, if his pick does not win, you'll get your money back. Uh, it just tells me that he's going to go ahead and release a pretty strong pick. So you guys can go ahead. You can get that. You can also probably pick up a multiple plays here you know, for the entire weekend. So $99 cash. We'll go ahead and get you guys 150 pregame bulk dollars. Again, if you just want to pick up one single pick, no big deal with that. That's awesome too. Enter code NBA15. Save $15 off any pick there at pregame.com. There we go. A lot of great things happening on pregame.com, like, like Sleepy mentioned. So make sure you get over there and take advantage of this great promo happening uh, this week. Uh, Sleepy, let's get into our best bets here for the Friday night card. 
Uh, I'll lead it off here. I'm going to go over to that game between the New York Knicks and the Washington Wizards. And I think this has been something that has been very, very profitable for me early on in the season. That's just simply fading this Washington Wizards uh, defense. I'm looking at the Knicks team total to go over the number of 115 and a half that is currently posted for this game. And the Wizards, I mean, there's no secret. They rank as one of the worst defensive uh, teams thus far this season, and they are the fourth worst uh, defensive rated team thus far this season. And in their four home games that they have played in this year, they're allowing their opponents to uh, score 100 and 121 and a half points per game. Three out of the four opponents have gone over their team total, and they've scored at least those three teams 124 points in that span. The only team that didn't do it was the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, that was a team that right now offensively is struggling because they don't have their main player, their superstar player in John Moran, and it's a Desmond Bain, uh, Desmond Bain show for the Memphis Grizzlies. But let's take this a step further. The Wizards, if you dive into the numbers, they are the second worst team in opponent field goal percentage. I mean, they are giving it up right now to the t- uh, two opposing teams, whether it's been from the three-point line, whether it's been inside the arc, or whether it's been inside the paint. They are not playing a lick of defense. And over the last five games, the New York Knicks are the number two offensive-rated team in the entire association. Wizards, we know they like to get up and down the floor. They're going to push the pace, and I expect this uh, offense for the Knicks to find success in this game as well. And I'll make this last point for my best bet. The Knicks have faced two of the bottom five defensive rated teams in the league this season, which down there with the Wizards are the San Antonio Spurs and the Charlotte Hornets. And in both of those games against the Spurs and the Hornets, the New York Knicks scored at least 125 points in those games. So I think that the offense will have a lot of success in this game. I'm going to continue fading this Wizards defense has been atrocious thus far this season. Best bet for me, Knicks team total over 115 and a half here, Sleepy. I have no problem with that. Going ahead and trying to back this Wizards team is like probably like pulling teeth. I mean, this team, the only wins they're going to get there when off are against teams that just simply don't have enough offensive firepower. And then the Wizards can go ahead and they can hang with you. But if you have, let's just say, a well-balanced team, the Wizards are in trouble here. But I think that the fact that their defense has just been as bad as – as I guess as bad as we kind of expected – I think the Knicks would go out here have a pretty big game. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the Wizards got blown out here. I actually looked a little bit at the Knicks here, but at some point, I guess, I don't want to say the dam's going to break here for the Wizards and they're going to win a game. That doesn't mean that you can't win your pick. But um, it's just sometimes you do just keep fading fading the team. Eventually, you know, they're going to go ahead and get you. So I kind of backed away from the Knicks a little bit, but. Yeah, I would be with you more than I'd be against you. That's for sure. All right. Yeah. So my best bet Knicks team total over 115 and a half. And Sleepy, you're sticking with the Atlanta Hawks in the second quarter, or do you have another uh, bet that you want to give out? All right. So I'm, I might upset you a little bit here. So I was thinking about making my best bet here the Clippers, the minus the five and a half. And it kind of goes to what I was just saying with the Wizards. Like eventually the dam's going to break, right? Like they're going to end up winning the game. And I feel the same way with the Clippers. Like, eventually this team is going to win a game. And I think one of the issues, and I think this is one of the things that we were talking about that the Philadelphia 76ers don't have, and that's a lot of depth. Like, if you look at the depth chart right now for the Houston Rockets, it's actually pretty good. So I think that the the challenge that, that the Rockets might actually have is that the Clippers have enough guys, right? They have enough scoring on this team. They have enough defense. 
And I think that they might run into a little bit of an issue where the Clippers are going to be pissed off. The Rockets have been very good at home. What are they, like 6-1 and one this year at home? I just wonder what they look like on the road. So I think it's going to be interesting. I just wonder maybe if this gets away from, from the Rockets. They're just sitting a little bit too fat and happy. But, you know, this was a team we were busting your chops with there, Manoff. I'm surprised you didn't come back and be like, hey, did you guys, you know, take a look at take a look at the standings by any chance, you know? So I, I'll, I'll give your team a little bit of credit. And, and that's one thing that I didn't even consider when we were talking about them early. They do have depth and they have talent there. So it's clearly something I missed. If this team could go ahead and keep this team together, I feel pretty strong there, Manoff, that they're probably going to go over their team total because there's just too much talent on that team. And they have it going in the right direction. It's not like it's confusing right now. It kind of looks like they have everything kind of going in the right in the right direction. I think for this Rockets team, like you mentioned, it's that they've been a really great home team thus far, right? They're 6-1 and one straight up at home. Five one and one against a spread. Where it's in the two games, there are two road games as far this season. Uh, they're zero and two straight up, zero and two against a spread in the first game of the regular season. Maybe not going to take a lot away from that, just because maybe it was the first game of the regular season where they got their doors blown off by the Orlando Magic by thirty points. Um, but they hung in there with the Spurs as well. I think yeah, that game went into overtime where they failed to cover the spread of the three and a half and lost that game by four. But I think we'll really find out about this Rockets team and how well they are, uh, if they can carry this momentum into this little West Coast uh, road trip that they ha- do have. Like you mentioned, they're playing the Clippers on Friday night, and then they have the Lakers on Sunday, and then they finish it up against the Warriors on Monday, um, do this Rockets team. So, I mean, like you mentioned, also there was an interview that I saw Jabari Smith did with uh, with Shams, uh, with Shams Trania, and he mentioned that this, why is this season, and Shams asked him, why has this uh, season been different? Um, than last year and Jabari Smith just says that there's accountability right now within the coaching staff and you know I don't think he was trying to take any shots at uh, the former coach Steven Silas but Imi Yodoka has come in and changed the culture of this Rockets team and right now as early early on in the season is translated to winning thus far this year for this Houston Rockets team so we'll see if they can continue it uh, in the West Coast trip against the uh, LA Clippers and a couple of former players uh, that used to be on this Rocket squad. Maybe they get up for this game, seeing their former team coming into their building and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So this might be an opportunity for maybe the Clippers winless right now in the James Harden era. Can they pull it out here against this Rockets team? Uh, we'll find out. But um, I, yeah, I want to see this team get it done on the road, uh, Sleepy, before I, I get really even more excited about this Rockets team. I think that was one of the reasons why I kind of wanted to back the Clippers here is the fact that since James Harden has come to this team, they've played four out of their last five games that he's been on the floor on the road. So it's kind of one of those situations where like, all right, let's just go ahead. Let's get back home. Let's see if we can go ahead and make this thing right. But I, I think this team comes in here pissed off. But I do want to ask you, mm-hmm. let's say the Clippers lose this game. Are we eventually – are we going to see either Westbrook or Harden go to the bench? I'm still in the camp that one of these guys have to go to the bench at some point. And I wonder if if they do lose here at home for now a sixth game in a row with James Harden. I think something happens. I think one of these guys go to the bench, and that's just – it is what it is. If you want to be on the team, be on the team. If you don't, then just, I don't know, sit there and pout. Uh, I don't think Ty Lue's going to try to mess with this lineup anymore. If they lose again, I think somebody's going to the bench. I think you and I have been mentioning this over the past two weeks on on this podcast is that somebody's eventually going to have to go to the bench, and I think that – 
it's going to be a difficult conversation for Ty Lu. Uh, but I think of the two players, I think we mentioned it, that Russell Westbrook is probably that guy that's the more team player and be like, all right, you know, I'll go to the bench, I'll come in with the second unit. Uh, and then I'll lead the team that way, whatever it takes t- to win ball games, right? And right now, like you mentioned, the James Harden era, they just haven't won any ball games. So um, getting back home for the Clippers, where they are three and one straight up, they are three and one against the spread. But right now, it's a different dynamic with James Harden in that starting lineup with Russell Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Ivan Zubac. So it'll be an, uh, a, a good test for both of these teams, actually, because again, the Rockets. Like we mentioned, or I mentioned, they're overachieving right now. They've done really well at home. Can it translate for them on the road here in L.A.? And for the Clippers, being back at home, having a couple nights off here, can they figure it out on their home floor with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, PG, and Kawhi Leonard in the lineup? So um, I think that you'll see probably a lot of people coming in on the Rockets here just because they've had a lot of success uh, early this season. They look at the Clippers, hey, winless right now in the James Harden era. Let's go and just take the Rockets. Um, and maybe it might be the right side, but again, I, I'm going to be lo- obviously as a fan, I'll be locked into this game, but also like I just mentioned is that can the Rockets continue the success that they've early in the season and have Clippers figured anything out in the past couple of practices uh, with James Harden um, uh, for this Clippers team in that starting lineup. I'm RJ Bell and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a salary chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner And maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. Sleepers get over to our Friday five for the Friday night schedule. And before we give out our Friday five here, we were missed not to mention the two winners we had last week uh, for the Friday five contest. And look, I think pregame is just in a very giving mood. We said that we were going to give away 110 bulk dollars uh, to the winner. Well, since there were two winners, rightfully, we would have split it 55 uh, bulk dollars each. But no. We said we'll give both winners 110 bulk dollars. And those two winners from last week's Friday Five were Aussie Rob and Stomp the Roaches. So congratulations on that and enjoy those bulk uh, dollars. And again, on pregame.com, just go to the uh, contest tab and uh, the Friday Five thread will be there for this week's contest uh, for the Friday Five. So Sleepy, you want to lead us off uh, for our Friday Five for this week? Yeah, let's make this an easy one. I think that we have a really good team going ahead and here lined up. Um, I'll just give you the three guys that I think. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to have a big game. There's a high total in that one, 237.5, playing the Spurs. Spurs pretty poor defense, and I think the fact that Fox is back, he's 100% now. I think he's going to look to go ahead and take over this particular game. So I see a high point total from him. Uh, I'll go ahead and take Devin Booker again, another super high total. Actually, same total as the King Spurs game, 237.5. If Booker's out there on the floor and he's healthy, generally he's putting up 30 points in a game. I think it's over and under for his points right now for this game. We're like 28 and a half. I wouldn't be shocked if he puts up a monster total here, you know, 35 plus. So we'll go ahead. We'll put Booker in there. And then the last one here, and I love this one. I was actually looking for the alternate points here for Joel Embiid. I'm going to play him over 40 points tomorrow. If you can get 40 plus, uh, probably a FanDuel will probably have it. Anywhere in that three to one range, I think Embiid's just going to have a monster game. And I, I want to go back to like the Kelly Oubre thing is that if you're out there losing games with him off the floor, eventually I think what's going to happen is they're going to be like, all right, Covington, take a seat. You guys take a seat. Let's just let Embiid cook. I think he has a monster game tomorrow. If and I know I know you can bet this at certain books, and I haven't seen this. I haven't, and maybe you even know about this Manoff where it's like the leading score of the entire day out of all the games played, I would strongly consider putting Embiid in there. I think Embiid flirts with 50. That's where I'm at with him. So I absolutely love him tomorrow. Um, Like you said, he's going to play the whole first quarter. I wouldn't be shocked if he sits a little bit in the second and goes all out there in the entire third and, you know, for the majority of the fourth. But Embiid's my favorite pick tomorrow. I'm going to play his points over, alternate points. I'm going to look for him to have a monster game here for us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, Joel Embiid has just been that man right now for uh, the goal. Uh, sorry for the Golden State Warriors for the Philadelphia uh, 76ers. And I know it's him, him and Tyrese Maxey, but on the season, Joel Embiid averaging close to 32 points per game. He's been uh, in 33 plus points in three out of the last four games for the Philadelphia 76ers. I know we talked about this Atlanta Hawks team and they may have the depth up front, but I mean, Joel Embiid is just a different animal. I don't think Clint Capella will be able to uh, guard him. Uh, Oyeke Kongu as well. I just think that he's a matchup nightmare uh, is Joel Embiid. So yeah, I expect a big game him uh, from him 
against the Atlanta Hawks here uh, as well on Friday night. Uh, Sleep, you have one more guy uh, you wanted to mention here? No, I gave you all three. I gave you Embiid, De'Aaron Fox, Devin Booker. All right. So I'll give my two here to round out our Friday five. I'm going to go with the guy that we talked about earlier, Nikola Jokic, uh, going up against the Pelicans. And if you just take a look at what Nikola Jokic is doing and has to do, especially with Jamal Murray off the floor right now, over the last five games, he's averaging 33.2 points per game. He's been um, He's had 32 or more points in four straight games uh, for the Denver Nuggets. And he also matched up against the Pelicans on Monday on November 6th. And in that game in 36 minutes, he scored 35 points, did uh, Nikola Jokic. He's had a lot of success going up against Valanchunas in his career as Nikola Jokic. So I like Nikola Jokic for our Friday Five, and I'm going to round it out with uh, Damian Lillard here of the Milwaukee Bucks going up against the Charlotte Hornets uh, on the Friday night card. And it seems like, at least for Damian Lillard, uh, that he has found a little bit of his groove with this Milwaukee Bucks team. Over the last five games, he's averaging 26.8 points per game. But in the last game against Toronto, he went out there and scored 37. I know that was a game without uh, Giannis out there, and Dame had to go out and be that guy. And officially right now on the injury report, Giannis is officially questionable for this game against the Charlotte Hornets. And again, we talk about some of the worst defenses in the league. Charlotte Hornets are in that conversation with the Washington Wizards we talked about, with the San Antonio Spurs that we talked about. Um, and I think this is an opportunity for him to go out and and just be Damian Lillard. And like I mentioned last game against the Raptors, he had 37, he had 34 against the uh, Detroit Pistons, and he had 30 against the New York Knicks team that are a pretty good defensive team. So I think even if Giannis does play in this game, how effective will he be with that calf injury? I think that will just um, enable Damian Lillard to go out and be the guy uh, for this uh, Milwaukee Bucks team. So um, I'll round it out with Damian Lillard there here, Sleepy. So just to recap our Friday Five, we've got Devin Booker, Joel Embiid, De'Aaron Fox, Nikola Jokic, and Damian Lillard uh, for our Friday Five. Sleepy. Let's get over to our player prop best bet. And last uh, week, we did get back on the winning track where we did take Steph Curry over 27 and a half points. So hopefully we can continue our winning streak here and, and get actually a new winning streak started. We are four and two on the season with our player prop best bet. So we're doing well with that. And hopefully we, can, uh, we have found another winner here on the Friday night card. And it's one of the guys that we did mention our Friday five years sleep. You want to take this one? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's take Devin Booker points and assists over 35 and a half. I'll make my handicap here there rather quick. I think one of the issues here is that Bradley Beal is probably not going to play. So if that's going to happen, you're going to go ahead and you're going to ask Booker to handle the ball a lot. And when he has the ball in his hands, he's doing one or two things. He's either assisting the basketball or he's shooting it. And like we talked about 28 and a half, I feel like he's certainly probably going to end up in the 30s. But again, this is a really high total. It's 236 points. And the fact that the Phoenix Suns are only four and a half, four point favorites in this game on the road, it tells me that this game probably will not be a blowout. And generally when you're playing guys over, always look at that blowout factor because if you're trying to play a guy over and you know they're laying 10, 12, 14 points, you know, you're you're really you're you're flirting with disaster, to be honest with you. Play a guy over high points if he's going to be on the road and you think it's going to be like a competitive type game like that. That's kind of where you want to be. 
Obviously, no Beal, high point total, poor defense here for Utah. Booker's going to be Booker. I don't see how he doesn't go over 28.5 points, and I think he probably ends up with 7, 8, 9 assists. So I love this one. I'm all over it. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he got over 35.5 just with the points. Uh, like you mentioned, just because in all the three games that he has played in thus far this season for the Phoenix Suns, and I know it's only been three games, uh, he scored at least 31 points in each of those three games, and also the assists have been there at, for him as well, where he's averaging 8.7 assists per contest uh, for the Phoenix Suns. And just to add on, I'll make this last point for our player prop best bet. Devin Booker has gone over this projection of 35.5 points in his and co- assists combined in all three games that he's played in for the Phoenix Suns. And like you mentioned, Sleepy, that with a high total, uh, you're expecting the pace to be high. A lot of shots to be had, uh, a lot of assist opportunities as well. And we just know that the, the usage rate for uh, Devin Booker is going to be through the roof in this game for the Phoenix Sun. So uh, hopefully we can continue the winning ways here, four and two on the season for our player prop best bet. So our official play, our pick for our player prop best bet is going to be Devin Booker points and assists combined over 35 and a half against the Utah Jazz. Sleepy, that is going to do it, my friend, for this NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Anything else we want to mention before we get out of here, bud? Uh, If you guys haven't liked and subscribed to the podcast, make sure you guys do that. Make sure you guys tune in every Friday and Saturday to the NBA Dream Podcast. Myself, Munaf McKenzie, will go ahead and get you guys locked in uh, throughout the entire season. So with that said, good luck. Enjoy the games. Hopefully you guys do well. That's all I really have to close this one out there, Manoff. Yeah, echoing everything that you just said there. Hopefully you found some more winners for our wonderful listeners, and we will be back on Saturday for the NBA pod on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Till then, good luck with your bets and enjoy the games.